Hey guys, welcome to the Granger Smith Podcast. I'm glad you're with me today. I'm glad you're watching. I'm grateful that you're listening. I'm grateful that I have this platform to talk about the way that I feel in life and, and, and talk to some of my great friends and tell you where I came from and, and where I want to go and what's going on with Yee Yee. Uh, this is one of my favorite things that I do content-wise, and we do a lot. We do the Smiths every Tuesday and Thursday. We do Restoring Earl Dibbles Jr.'s Old Truck. We do live at the Yee Yee Farm uh, live stream shows with the full band. Um, we do uh, Arise with Amber every Sunday morning on the Smiths YouTube channel. Um, and that's just, that's just the stuff we do every single week. So I do this podcast on Mondays, early Mondays, and I'm grateful for this because I get to sit here and really dig deep into some stuff that I, that I can't, I don't have the time to do on a radio interview and I don't have the time to do on, on the Smiths. Um, and, and so you know, I, I, I want to thank you guys for even in indulging in something long form like this, like a podcast. Maybe some of you are driving. Maybe some of you uh, spend time with this watching it on YouTube. Either way, thank you for that. I actually met a guy at the gym today, and we were walking out, and he said, hey, man. And he stopped me, and I've never met him before. And he said, I just want to tell you, I listen to your podcast. I'm on episode 11. And uh, I'm going to turn my wife onto it. I'm going to show her. It. And I mean, that just means it means so much to me. It's one thing for someone to say, I love your music. And I hope that it starts with that. And it, it has evolved now into different things. Like I love watching the Smiths or I love listening to your podcast. And that just makes me feel so good. It makes me feel good because here I am at the Yigi Farm in my, in my office, in my studio, all by myself here right now and talking to a camera and a dead microphone. And it's nice to know that there are a lot of people that actually follow this and follow the journey along. And if you haven't uh, gone back and heard some of the earlier podcasts, maybe you're a brand new listener. Uh, I encourage you to start all the way back at episode one. And the reason it started was when we were touring like crazy, I was on the back of my bus, Wildflower, and I wanted to tell everybody in long form the story of where I came from. And that started with so many times doing interviews and media and, and TV and radio where they said, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you come from? How'd you get your start? Where are you from? And that <laughs> answering that question kind of gets exhausting because I have to answer it in short form, right? I have to say, uh, well, you know, I'm from Texas and I started a band and, you know, it, it, I have to speed my way through it. But if you go to, back to podcast episode one, you could actually feel the whole journey throughout. And now here we are, episode 38. And um, th this episode, like so many others, is brought to you by Yee Yee Apparel. And I want to talk to you just for a second about Yee Yee Apparel and my favorite thing about this company that my brothers and I run together. And that is our shirt of the month club. This is something we started this year. It's become a huge passion project for me and my brothers alike. Uh, it is a, a new shirt that we put out once a month, exclusive to this club, right? So if you sign up for this club, you're going to get shipped out automatically in your size, a new shirt, the first of every month. And that shirt cannot be found anywhere else. We're not going to sell it. We're not going to sell it on the road on tour. Uh, and we handpick these, we design these, and put a lot of work into these designs so that they are all a little bit different and are all very exclusive 
and I love them. I, I wear Yee apparel every single day. It's pretty much all I have in my closet. And some people have asked me if I wear it just because it's my company. Not really. I mean, kind of, but I really wear it because I love the stuff. I'm biased, uh, but it fits really good. It feels really good. And uh, so my brother Parker sent me a little promo for you guys today on this, on this podcast uh, for the members only Shirt of the Month Club. You could sign up between the 1st and the 20th of every month. Use for this podcast, use the promo code shirt of the month, and you're going to get your first shirt for just 10 bucks with free shipping. You can cancel at any time. And that sounds like a really good deal. sounds like a really good deal. Um, We are still plowing through the state of the world right now. And if you're listening to this podcast years from now, uh, and you look on the ticker and it says that this was two years ago or three years ago, Man, I wish I could talk to you, the person in the future. I wish you could tell me how this all pans out um, because it's still crazy. Uh, the world started getting so much better, and then it started getting worse all at the same time. So we, we started getting these tour dates coming in, and then now everything is kind of unknown again. We still have several dates in July, uh, including July 4th, and, and that's in Round Rock, Texas. And then we have like Nebraska and Iowa and South Dakota, something like that. We have a run uh, up that direction in July. And in August, there's more. In September, there's more. And God, I hope they stay. I really do. It, it is my whole livelihood. Touring is my livelihood. And it's it's more than a paycheck. I, I and I've said this many times, but I'm okay. You know, I could pay the bills. I, I have I have multiple ways of paying the bills. Whether whether it's cameos, which I do these cameos where you could sign up and get me to give you a, a shout out, a birthday or anniversary, or send someone a personal video message. I do that every day on Cameo.com. Uh, I have this podcast. I have the Smiths. I have um, I have my songwriting company. I have Yee Yee Apparel, but what really messes this whole thing up is my band, you know, you know, you look at my guys and just the the way that this is set up and this is with, with anything is like, I, I can't constantly support them and all their families and their health insurance and, and their entire livelihood. And we're talking 14 people here. Uh, and so the, the, this whole shutdown has really affected the band members uh, more than anybody. And, um, and I know I say more than anybody, I know that there's bar owners and there's venues and there's theaters and it's, it's, it's just, it's got a lot of things messed up and we could just, um, you know, the best thing we could do is I could keep making content and we could keep trying to, you know, do, do live stream shows and getting tips. But, but the most importantly, we just be patient. And, uh, and this is a little bit, we're, we're in a little bit of suffering right now and suffering, Suffering, as Paul says in the book of Romans, Paul says that suffering leads to perseverance. Perseverance leads to character. Character leads to hope. So that's where we are. And I don't, I don't mean to get that deep with something like this, but it really is. This is something that keeps us up at night. And it's been months and months of this. So that's, that's the state of the world. And that, that kind of ties me into my guest today. This is a, I, w- I would say a dear friend, and that is... Honestly, that's saying it lightly. Uh, I'm going to bring on Mitch Connell. Uncle Mitch, for some reason, a long time ago, I started calling him Uncle Mitch, even though he's not family relation, but uh, he's as good as family. Family is not 
Family is not exclusively blood to me. I don't feel that way. I feel like uh, I have a bond with many people that I consider family. And Uncle Mitch is one of them. I've never known anyone on this planet that's ever met Mitch that didn't love him right away, that didn't become friends with him. He has more friends and, and than anyone I've ever met. And uh, you'll know exactly why. He's just salt of the earth, one of the nicest guys on the planet. Um, he's a really good businessman. He, he's had car dealerships in Colleen, Texas uh, his whole life. And uh, it will continue to pass down through his kids. And uh, he's, he's an incredible musician. And that's how I originally met him, because he's a keyboard player. And I met him through the band I was in, and they brought him in. And he started playing keyboards just, I mean, the most beautiful stuff you've ever heard. I started recording um, all of my studio albums from 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. All of those is Mitch Connell uh, on keyboards. I, 2013, 2014, it keeps going after that. And uh, Salt of the Earth guy, amazing musician. I can't even come up with better words uh, for this guy. Um, you're just going to have to hear for, from him yourself. It's an honor, guys, to have Mitch Connell on this podcast. Sit back, relax. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Greater Smith Podcast. On this podcast, I've talked about old band stories. Oh, God. A lot of them have been off the top of my head, and I have forgotten a lot of them, too. And you, Mitch, seem to remember them all. Oh, gosh, yeah. Do you guys ever have that friend that when you get back with him and he starts reciting some old stories and you think, God, I forgot all about that? Yes. You don't forget those stories. No, they're fun stories, though. And I wanted to bring you on here. Partly because of that, yeah. we could tell some of these old stories that uh, possibly I've, I've even forgotten. And then uh, also talk about how you've been in since the very beginning of the the Texas version of my band. Right. And not only uh, touring and being part of my first intrastate touring, right. but also part of those early albums that I was recording at my house. Yeah, those yeah. are... Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So if if you heard any keyboard at all on any of those early albums, four or five of them, that was all you. Right. And singing harmony. Right. So something I thought about when I was coming in here today, Bug Eye and Trek. Gosh. I wasn't in a real good mood when that deal started anyways because 
little Ace and I had ridden our motorcycles all the way down there in the rain. It was okay. a rainy. I was wetter than I've ever been. It was Ace's first motorcycle ride. And, and by the way, you might not remember, but he had just gotten his black belt in karate. I did not know that. And uh, Bug Eye and Shrek had decided. <laughs> so if you're wondering what the heck I'm talking about, let me back you up a little bit. 2004, I moved from Nashville back to Texas. I moved to College Station. I, I formed a little band um, based on my uncle knew a drummer. This sounds like a bad story already. My <laughs> uncle knew a drummer that had a band. The singer had just moved to Florida, working for the DEA, right? Right. Something like that. Yeah. Now, now what's awesome is if you could put a, if you could have a band that's already used to playing with each other, that's half the battle. Then right. all they have to do is learn the new songs. Right. Now the huge advantage I had was you guys were also older than me. You're what 15, 20 years older than me. Right. All of you were. So that also brings 15, 20 years of extra experience. Which, which by the way, you were as old as I am now. Then. Which is funny, right? Right. So you bring 10 years, 15 years, 20 years of experience on the road and in the studio and uh, playing music. Um, in in what walks Mitch Connell, a, a car salesman. You own several dealerships in Central right. Texas. That has allowed you, and you've done that your whole life. Your daddy did that, right? That's always supported my music habit. Exactly. So that, that allowed you to, to own these dealerships and free up a little time and to drive from Colleen to College Station or wherever we were gigging. All right. of these things were incredible for me as a young musician because young musicians are used to dealing with bands that can't get off from working at the fast food right. shop. Right. They can't get off from delivering pizzas or they're in school or they're going through a divorce or something. But you guys all were, were okay to say, Friday, leave at 2 p.m., I'm down. Yep. And even better, not, not as good as you're playing, but a little bit close to it when you had an RV. I did. You had an RV. Yes. And we got to ride around in an RV uh, and pretend like it was a big old tour bus. And to us, it was. It was pretty big. We we had a uh, a coffee maker in the morning that was replaced by a margarita blender right. by the afternoon. And, and I was... Do you remember the smell? Yes. The stink bus, yeah, we oh called yeah. it. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a true RV unless it uh, has some kind of strange sewage smell. Um, but, I, but needless to say, I was having so much fun. And, and I like to talk about this a lot because uh, it's fun in the music business and gratification. and It's all relative to where you are at the time. Right. What I mean is I'm not having any more fun now than I was then. It's all relative. We had a good time. We so, real good time. So, going to Bug Eye and Shrek. Okay, well, we played a gig in somewhere on the coast, and I'd ridden there in, in the rain all the way there. And uh, then we got to the venue, and we set up and did our sound check, and everything was fine. Terrible. I was in place. a pretty good It was awful. Terrible ball. But I was in a good mood. We we're about to play some music, and that always makes me happy. And uh, so, we start playing, and uh, there's a guy in the audience that's not amenable to the choices of songs that we're playing yeah which is uh you know 
a nice mix of George Strait and my originals. Right, right. And uh, finally, and I'd never seen you get upset with anybody, and finally you told that guy, listen, I'm going to give you my website, and you go there and find out where I'm playing so you'll know where not to go. <laughs> That's right. I forgot it. Well, that upset him the greatly. Microphone. Yeah, he was the brother-in-law of the club owner. That was Bug Eye. I said, my website is greatersmith.com. Go there and find my tour dates so that I could make sure I'd never see you again. Right. right. <laughs> On the well, microphone. Yes. To and all 15 people that were there. Yes. Well, the guy got <laughs> mad, and he, his brother-in-law was, was Shrek, the owner of the club, and Bug Eye and Shrek decided they were going to team up on us. and They quickly got nicknames from us. That's what yes. they looked like, Bug Eye and Shrek. Yes, yes. Anyways, so <clears throat> at the end of the night when we were done playing, uh, Granger comes up to him and says, Hey, Uncle, man, they're not trying to pay me. I'm going, what? So I just walk over next to him, next to Shrek, and I cross my arms trying to look like Mr. Clean. My son is about this tall, but he can kick your butt nine ways from Sunday, <laughs> and nobody ever even suspected that from him. So uh, I sit there and cross my arms, and uh, Bug Eye decided to go ahead and give us our money, and we got out of there with the quickness. I believe it was $500. Might have Does that been, sound right? Might have five or six. It five or six hundred dollars, and I, and that was average for me. It was there was five of us in the band, or six of us in the band, maybe. It was five of us, five, five total, us. and we typically got about five hundred bucks. Now you can do the math quickly. That that doesn't hardly pay for lunch and dinner and fuel on the way there. I got to hand it to you though. You you made sure that we got at least a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. If that left you, you with a, nothing, that that's the way it was. But a lot of times it left me with nothing, and then occasionally we'd play like a wedding, and I'd get fifteen hundred dollars or something, yes. and I'd get to burn a little bit of that myself. Oh yes. But that that night with Bug Eye and Shrek, that's that's a typical night, and those were we never knew what we we're getting into. Tyler was booking these shows, these dead end bar gigs, with no one there. But we were grateful to play, and we had fun. Even though no one was there, we had fun within ourselves on the stage. We had a good time. We had a good band. We did. We it was. It was. Band. I was very lucky to have a band that was far above my musical knowledge, and I, and so I had to quickly learn to keep up. You did. That was the story of my life back then. Yeah. And uh, I, I could let you guys vamp around or, or play take solos i could go to the bathroom and you could sing and, and uh because a lot of times we were playing long sets and and the, the, the nights like that when uh we found out the guy i was chewing out on the microphone was the owner's cousin they could easily just decide you know i'm not i'm not going to pay these rug rats i'm not going to pay them anything get out of my bar and and that five five hundred dollars was it was a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Even we though, had to stay in a hotel that night. Exactly. Exactly. That reminds me of another time, Beeville, Texas. Oh, my. Well, that was... Was that the worst hotel you've it, ever or even heard of? It was either that one or the one in uh, Oklahoma. Uh, forgot the name of the There's town. a lot of bad ones in Oklahoma. Anyways, we, we wouldn't stay at the one in Oklahoma. We went on to Oklahoma City. Uh, rather, have you ever decided to? I'm speaking to the listeners here. Have you ever decided that sleep is not worth the bites from the bugs that you're going to get in the bed sheets? So you might as well just skip a sleep of that night. 
well, yeah. was us. That was but us. But we stayed in Beeville and or Belleville or Beeville or whatever that place was. When that was an awful place. That was awful. It was. It was. There was. Uh, I I uh, I attribute so many of my my. I guess the fortitude that we have now as a band, when we run into problems now, um, sometimes the guys will come to me and go, ah, they're asking for this and they're saying we can't do this. And I kind of go back to those old days in my mind when we, we thought we thought we had problems and we think we have problems now and, and how relative it is and, and how really in the end we're all just out trying to play some music. That's all it is. That's all it boils down to. That's what we love to do. Yeah. And the cool thing about you, Mitch, is that besides besides you have sold uh, pretty much everybody in my band a truck or a right. car, including my, my brown truck, I still drive. Man, you've had you. that thing about 10 years or so, haven't you? <laughs> I have. I've lifted it twice. You've lifted it twice. You've put tires and wheels on it. Mm-hmm. You have... Uh, <laughs> you've tried to, to get me out from under it many times, get me in a, a better truck. Yeah, yeah, he won't go. He likes that old truck. One time you said a uh, a man of your status needs to drive a better, a better vehicle. Remember when you told me that? That's the well, true yes, car I was referring salesman. to a Ram instead of that other <laughs> okay. off-brand model that you choose to drive. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I want to get to your dealerships in a second um, and and how you have uh, you pretty much made a living with uh, with veterans at Fort Hood. Yeah, I live near them. They so. have been, they've been your lifeblood and you have been theirs. I think it's a mutual feeling there. It, it is. It is. But what I wanted to say too is that how you saw the you saw our rise from absolute nothingness from a literal open mic night at Bourbon Street Bar and College Station yes. to to sold out crazy shows. Yes. Yes, I remember playing for twelve thousand people one time, and I re- remember playing for the bartender. At the San Antonio Rodeo, it was so close. It was so cold, and in, 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 it was uh, it was in a tent. Yep. And it was so cold, my hands wouldn't move. And the bartender was in there. It was just him and us. Nobody else in Nobody. the entire bar. No. Or tent. Tent. But one bartender. It wasn't even a bartender. It was a, a beer tub tender. Beer tub tender. That's what he was. Right. Mm-hmm. So, did you see it? Did you know that we would be playing packed shows in those beer tub tender days? I, I, I always knew that you would get there someday. I, it might You might outlive me before you did it, but by God, I knew you were going to get there. I knew you had the talent. You wrote a good song. I, I, knew you, I always knew you were going to get there. you just saying that because this is my podcast? Oh, no. I said that to my mom way back then. Who, by the way, thought it was wee-wee instead of yee-yee? No, I'm much, I'm I'm much happier with Yee Yee than Wee Wee. I don't I think that would look her. as good on a hat. She goes, "What are you laughing for?" And I said, "Hold on, when I get done laughing, I'm going to tell you it's Yee Yee, not Wee Wee." <laughs> so you saw you saw the because you played with a lot of bands and a lot of people. You still do. Yes, yes, I played uh, for people who've been nominated for Grammys. And is it just because I've I've uh, I've always been real nice to you? Well, you've been nice. You <laughs> was a nice guy, but. I remember, uh, you may not remember this, but we had found a hearing test, a relativity test. Yes. Online. And you and I both took it, and Manny took it. And I think Mike took it as well. And, you know, I pride myself in having the best ear in the band. Yeah. Well, I mean, I 
scored way up there, and then you took the thing and you tied me. Was that a rhythm test? Though? No, it was a no, it was a hearing test because you but took the it? rhythm test later. Okay, and okay. you tied Mike in the rhythm <laughs> test. And I'm going. Well, that's not fair. That's not fair at all. I, I know I did good. I remember taking that test. I know I did good on it, but you still have. Uh, you call it perfect pitch. I call mine relative pitch. I'm relative pretty, pitch. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, and there, you know, I was hearing some guy talk the other day. There is no such thing as tone deaf. We we tend to throw that around with humans, but if you're actually tone deaf, if you think you are, you wouldn't be able to recognize your mother's voice on the other end of the telephone. That's how. That's what true tone deaf means. There are people that are tone deaf, but you are. You have relative pitch, meaning you could hear a note or a song, and you can say that is in the key of F. Yes, I can do that. I know you can. I've seen you many times. Remember that time at the Astrodome? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we, we had, had six thousand people or so there. We had that was one of the biggest gigs we'd ever played. Yeah, it was at the old Astrodome. And we, we weren't playing there because we were selling a show at the Astrodome. We were playing, it's called The Hideout. It's part of the Houston Rodeo. And we somehow got lucky enough to get into this lineup and be one of the bands, that like a dance hall band that played. And, but it was still, it was our first arena, no matter how you look at it, even though we were driving a Suburban. I had my motorcycle, and they lined me up a path to get right up to the stage. I rode my motorcycle <laughs> to the stage. And parked it and walked up the stairs and got on the stage. I felt like Mick Jagger that night. So the biggest night of our career, you felt like Mick Jagger. Uh-huh. And uh, I go out there to one of our songs. It's called Mockingbird Road. I haven't yes. played it in a long time, by the way. Uh-huh. But uh, I had my capo, one fret too low, or two frets too, too low. low. One fret too low. Two, one fret too low on the guitar. And I started the song. That is devastating. To any of you that might understand what I'm saying, I mean, this is this is an absolute train wreck waiting to happen in front of a lot of people. Um, but Mitch instantly heard the key that I was playing it in, which is damn near impossible to do. I mean, you, you have it's to a half be, step off. You have to be really good to catch a half step off. Our bass player didn't. Shout out to Manny. Uh, uh, he didn't catch it. Yeah, but he, he has ca- relative. He pitch. caught you when you brought your organ in. Um, a lot of people might mind. be confused, but let me just sum it up for you. It would have been really terrible. Yeah. Well, I had run. I ran to the the talkback mic. I said, "He's playing it F sharp. You gotta have to play it in F sharp. <laughs> That's or right. G sharp or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember the key we actually did it in. But everybody, uh, well, you stopped and just moved your capo. You stopped and moved your Did cable I? before the train wreck happened. We'd have to we'd have to find that old tape. Yeah, but you caught you caught it before I saw it, before the bass player saw it. Uh, that, All's well that ends well. The, the show went, well. the show went well. There was uh, uh, Trace Atkins was playing next door at Reliant, and how we got six thousand people with him playing next door, I'll, I'll never know. Yeah. And then later on, Trace and I became record label mates. Yes. He's got that nice deep I, voice. I could do a whole podcast on uh, that guy. He's he's a very interesting fella. So what are you doing these days? You're you're selling cars still. You're still playing in bands. Are you still playing with my old band? We have we had a uh, a cover band. We retired, uh, but we still the three of us get together and play. We did a jazz gig. We played with a Caribbean uh, pan drummer you know the steel yeah. drums yeah we played a show with him one time and we had 
set to go to the Caribbean to go play with him again, but the poor guy uh, crashed his car and got killed in the crash before oh we gosh. got a chance to do it. But, man, that dude could play. He was the Mick Jagger of the Caribbean. He was the man to go to on the steel drum. How much time do you get to go get off and, from cars and go play play keyboards? Well, since we've all been shut down, uh, there's been no live music until recently, and I haven't played a gig in yeah. three or four months. I was supposed to play one this Friday, but I put it off. There was 96 days in between my last gig to the one we just played. 96. That's that's well, the longest I've ever gone without playing on a stage since I started when I was a teenager. Right. Probably we never went too. that long when when, uh, when I was with y'all for five years. We hardly ever went. I don't think we ever went two weeks without playing a show. No, no. Um, so tell us, tell me about your where your dealerships are. Which ones? I, I lose track. Well, I just uh, combined the Dodge Country with the Freedom Jeep, and now it's called Freedom Country, and I built a new uh, Jeep store in Killeen. Uh, it's on the uh, main drag highway 190 or uh, Interstate 14. You still have the one in Cameron, Texas? I do. I have one out there. As a matter of fact, I just bought my truck from out there. They had the right color and everything, so I just bought me a new truck. All right. Uh, and those are the only three? That's it. Like I, I have said, two I can't used car lots now. Too. Okay, I can't keep track of you. So maybe the most interesting thing that we have in common, well, it's not maybe, it is. I met my wife at a music video shoot at your house. We all met your wife at a music video. We all did. <laughs> that, was, that was the song, Don't Listen to the Radio. If you watched that music video, that's where I met Amber. And that is at Mitch's house in Harker Heights, Texas. Right. right? Yeah. Belton. Belton, Texas. And it was, it was just finished. It so wasn't even finished yet. It wasn't. Were you living there yet? I moved in. The pool area was not finished yeah, yet. Yeah, it still had. It still didn't have any the kind of landscaping. The pipes were sticking up out of the... There was no landscaping. I don't, I don't know why you chose to do it there. Yeah, I'll link that video at the top of the description. So go watch. Don't listen to the radio. You will see uh, an unfinished landscape job in the backyard. But that is Mitch's house. And unbelievable grand piano. So cool that uh, that I'm playing in that video. Right, and it's actually Mitch that that played that actual part on the album. Right, so there's there's this weird connection with us that if if you hadn't come over, joined the band, if you hadn't played that part on "Don't Listen to the Radio," if you hadn't built that house, all those things, I might not have ever met Amber. That'd just be a miserable pile of junk. We all would be, I think, because she is a light. She is a bright light that shines on us all. <laughs> but can you imagine my teenage son coming home from school, going into his bedroom to find Amber in there with nothing but a towel on, and he's going, oh, my God, have I died? Is this heaven? <laughs> I didn't know that story. <laughs> yeah, he was thrilled, to okay. say the least. Okay. I'll have to tell Amber. Oh, I'm sure she knows. I'm sure... That seems like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? It was. It was 10 Two, or 11 years ago. 2009, I believe, or 8. Was it 8? I don't remember when we filmed it. I know it came it out. It was 8 because I moved into the house in October of 2008, okay. and it was just, I just right. moved in. Awesome. Yeah. But uh, that was a fun time, and I, I had to work late that night, and I didn't get there until just about, y'all were just about finished. Yeah. But it yeah. was, 
cool and i i'm going look there's my house we'll, we'll forever have that connection and then if you guys if you're ever digging through some some of my music songs like five more minutes iconic because of you yes um don't listen to the radio uh if money didn't matter um th- this is just off the top of my head some iconic uh piano stuff that you that that you made really me and you in in one of my bedrooms in some place right yeah it was the first time i'd ever actually been given that kind of a platform yeah and boy i tell you what those are you know some simple riffs yeah okay uncle noodle and d and i'll just turn the mic on and i started noodling and d and that happened that became the intro to five more minutes that's right that's right and uh that also reminds me that it, that we're not related, as far as we know. But for some reason, along the line, I started calling you Uncle Mitch, and then that cut down to Unc. Yep. So I started calling you Unc. Yeah. So um, and now I think you're kind of open to anyone calling you Uncle Mitch. I got a lot of nieces and nephews out there. <laughs> so, what's your uh, what's your social media platform? Uh, it's Uncle underscore Mitch on Twitter yeah. and Insta, and it's Mitch Connell at uh facebook fascinating guy i've never met anyone that didn't like you or had anything (laughs) negative to say about you you're the nicest guy um the only time i've ever seen you even mildly flustered and it wasn't really was when the whole virus thing hit and and uh you were you were so frustrated because your whole livelihood whether it was music or cars or anything was uh being taken away from you but other than that yeah i didn't want music to become a have to yeah. I wanted it to be, yeah. always be a want to. Anyway, you guys look him up. Uncle Mitch, thank you for being on here. Good to see Let's you, brother. It. You too, man. We'll do it again sometime. Right, bye.